You're listening to Tottenstown. Welcome to the Tottenstown Podcast, your Tennessee Titans podcast for the Pigskin Podcast Network. My name is Tanner Staggs, and joining me, as always, my brother Tyler Staggs. We have got an exciting episode today, other than the fact that we're going to be starting it off with some really, really upsetting news. Uh, Titans and the Rams on Sunday Night Football, prime time, two of the best teams in the NFL right now, even after some of this bad news, hopefully. But before we get into the show, Tyler, tell everyone how they can support the podcast. First of all, go check out our merch. We have hoodies, beanies, hats, stickers, all kinds of stuff. All you have to do is go to titans-time.myshopify.com slash collections slash all. Take you right to everything. You can check it all out. And if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcast, whatever, make sure you're following. Leave us a five-star rating. Leave us some comments and questions. We love the interaction. If you're watching on YouTube, scroll down. That subscribe button, if it's red, make sure to click it. Turn it gray. Turn on the post notifications so you never miss when we upload a video. Like the video. Share the video with all football fans. We love the interaction. doesn't have to just be Titans fans. And go down, leave us a comment, and let us know what your thoughts are for this upcoming game. Also, make sure you're following us on social media. On Twitter, it's Titans underscore time. On Facebook, Titans time. And on Instagram, Titans time podcast. And with that, let's get right into it. Um, if I mean, we haven't talked or had an episode since the live show that we did after mm-hmm. the last game against the Colts. And that was before we really knew anything about what was going on. And, you know, we don't, we're recording this a day earlier than we usually do. And, you know, really in the middle of the day, we don't even have a injury report for Wednesday's practice yet for the Titans. But news that we do know and someone that they will be without more than likely for the rest of the regular season is Derrick Henry. That's right. So if you have been living under a rock and you haven't been a part of the, let's say, partial panic of what has happened. I mean, initially when you see that, there is some panic that I mean, sets I, in. That's what I, one thing I did want to ask you was whenever you first seen the news, what, what were your thoughts? So, I, I mean, it was kind of a slow, like, it wasn't just like, bam, Derek Henry has a broken foot. Right. You know, it was kind of like a slow lead up to this whole deal because mm-hmm. obviously he was, I mean, you you kind of wanted to talk yourself out of it in the middle of the game, but he was obviously hurt in mm-hmm. some form or fashion in the game. And I, I don't know if this is 100% true or not, but from some of the things that I've seen, essentially, like, they just had the thing like, taped up, just holding everything together. And that's the only way he was able to continue playing in that game. Well, and he's just uh, also, a bad dude. Also that. Um, but... Mike Vrabel gave like no timetable on his return, which is smart. Yeah, exactly. Um, because, and I'm going to get into this here in a minute. I mean, there is a lot of variables here with this thing. I mean, there's a lot of things that could change considering different scenarios and stuff. But for me, um, it is not a good thing. I mean, you don't want to see the running back that 
had the the best chance out of anyone in the past what five years anyone since adrian peterson who we'll talk about here soon to win an mvp didn't think y'all would hear that one did you <laughs> <laughs> the best chance since adrian peterson to win an mvp and I, if i'm not mistaken he did win that one in 2012 right yes okay i was thinking that he definitely did win it and wasn't just but i knew he was at least in the conversation um but yeah i mean derrick henry had a great great chance at mvp this season um killed my bet for him to be breaking the russian record i mean he had a chance at that he had it i I feel so bad for derrick henry because i know he does he always says that he doesn't care about those individual accolades but he had a chance at so many this season and that's the thing just not just looking at the team as a whole his impact of how it's going to hurt the team you look at individually what he was doing and he was just on a crazy pace to break, you know, the rushing record, possibly end up maybe tying the touchdown record for a running back. I mean, just so many different things that he was on pace for. I'm easily you could easily say he was on pace for his best season ever. You know, yet. And you know, it just it really sucks for that because we look at this guy and you think you know, no, nothing can happen to him. He just, he takes such good care of his body and everything. And it just, it sucks that this happened. But Vrabel even asked him, you know, they didn't really know the extent of the injury. And he said that Henry is one of those guys who has earned the right to have a say on whether or not he goes back in or not. And Henry wanted to be out there and, you know, just gutted it out, fought through this injury late in the game converted a fourth down that was major for the Titans and you know he he had to lunge for it really the Colts probably should have stopped him and he lunged for it and just what he means to this team is so it's beyond words and and you have to think like he probably didn't do and I'm not 100% sure on this but he probably didn't do any extra damage and it's possible but I would have thought that if they thought there was any possibility that he was going to do more damage, then they probably would have not let him make that decision on his own. Now, because some people have been throwing this around, and I know I don't know if you really seen about it, but T.A. put on a major show last night. He had uh, eight or nine other guys on with him, other Titans YouTubers. He had Rossi upload Tennessee Titans Weekly. Two-Tone Zone, um, Locked on Titans, Tyler Rowland, and even had Preston Penn on with them. And they really dove into all this too. And all those guys gave, you know, a really good breakdown. And a couple of them mentioned a point of, did this injury happen this game or did it happen in the Chiefs game? Because if you go back and look at the Chiefs game, yes, they did a pretty good job of slowing him down or containing him. But towards the end of the game, he maybe didn't look like himself. And we both noticed this. His last run, he came off the field mad. So is it possible that something maybe happened that didn't get called at that time and, you know, maybe got worse in Indy? Or And I'm just going to say, Indy's field looked horrible. It, yeah, it did. Um, uh, and there, there's a case to be made there for that. I mean, and not just on the Titans injuries. They had one of their own guys blow out his knee. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, on and an that interception, was... and it, no one touched him. So, and when they showed close-ups of the field, it just it looked like there was stuff all over it and everything. And I'm like, that's why I thought Henry wasn't hurt at the time. I just thought it was something to do with the field. But yeah, I mean, as far as the Chiefs game, like I said, there's a case to be made for that. Also, the field. It, it was terrible, um, and I, I don't know how you even get by with that. Like, as an NFL team, how do you get by? Like, that's not passable, even. I mean, it looked for, like there was confetti or something. Yeah, so I, I don't, it. I don't know, but I did want to go over. Um, there was an article on men's health by Philip Ellis, um, and he was talking about a doctor that put out a video on his YouTube channel. And his name is Dr. David Abasi. And it's just kind of explaining what Henry's surgery is going to be. And he gives his professional opinion on like the recovery time and what should be expected. And so, and the, the surgery was yesterday, if I'm thinking right. It, it uh, was, and it was successful. Okay. Well, th- well, this was prior to that surgery, but um, he said that he was predicting that what they would do was basically put a screw inside of the damaged metarsal and that the bone, they would make sure it's aligned and do whatever, minimally invasive, all of that stuff. Basically, the the meat here is that he said that there is sometimes trouble that certain things could prevent healing if something goes wrong. They said it was successful, so I wouldn't think that anything like that happened. He said that a recovery period of six to eight weeks can be expected. So I've been hearing anywhere from six to 10 weeks and Rossi put out a good point. I think it was on Twitter where out of like uh 40 something guys that have had this same injury and surgery, if they came back before eight weeks, there was so much decline like, a percentage amount, I can't remember it exactly, but there was a percentage of decline in that player's play versus if they waited 10 weeks or more to come back, there was actually a 9% increase in that player's performance. So, and if you look, I don't know how you feel. I'm going to ask you this question. I'm going to go ahead and get my thoughts out there, though. The Titans' second half of their schedule favors them so much. And them having two wins over the Colts this year and the fact of the Colts having a slow start and the Titans starting out 6-2, and that works out so well because now Henry, the way he takes care of his body, he's going to destroy rehab. I mean, he it's just simple as that. He's going to destroy it. I don't want them to bring him back until the playoffs. Don't I don't, agree. I agree. 100%. Don't even don't worry about it because the playoffs wild card weekend would be the ten week mark. We all the Titans have to do is win four games. If they win four games, they're in as the AFC South champs because that means Indy would have to go eight and one in their last nine games. That would give them a better record than the Titans and could win it out for them. You know, some 
something like that. But Indy's not going to do that. You've got three games here, two against the Texans, one against the Jaguars. That should be givens. And then you have the Dolphins game. You have the 49ers game that, you know, that team hasn't necessarily been playing lights out. You know, and you don't want to sleep on any of these teams, but at the same time, like you don't you don't bring Derrick Henry back here, and there's still no. even an opportunity that the Titans end up with a bye. I mean, there is still that possibility. I know that there are some people that are like, okay, we just have to manage here without Derrick Henry, but like, no, you can win games here. Like, obviously. This first game without Derrick Henry is going to be a tough adjustment against a really tough team, the mm-hmm. Rams. You're likely not going to win that one. I mean, let's be honest here. Your first game, you're trying to adjust to how you're going to run your offense without the player that has been the highlight and the focal point. Like, that's a tough adjustment uh, Adjustment there. <laughs> and um, that's just something that you're just going to have to sort of live with. Like, we can win this game, but let's not get – let's not – get our hopes crushed if we do lose this game because it's likely that we lose. And, and we'll talk definitely break that down more a little bit later in the show. But at the same time, this is a game where there's not really that much importance for it. It's an NFC team. Whenever it comes time for seeding in the playoffs on the AFC side, AFC wins mean a whole lot more than NFC wins or losses do. So that... You could really be okay either way with this game. If you got a win, it just it boosts you even more, really, because right. it just gives your team even more confidence going forward and really shuts the naysayers up about not being able to do something without Henry. But like I said, we'll get into that more later. But you know, I figured this is something we would agree on because really this would give even though he would be rehabbing, this gives Henry that rest. And if when the Titans make the playoffs and you get Henry coming back rested and you know he's going to be eager to get back, I feel sorry for teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, because when you have Derrick Henry and he is, like he just stays at that, it seems like, higher level of play even throughout the season when it seems like everyone else is being worn down and so now you have everyone that has had a full season of just wearing them down that entire season and now Henry rather than being just a little bit in what how would you say that better shape better uh, better overall he's going to have that full rest and he's going to be 100% 100% ready to go, especially if you can give him 10 weeks, which yeah, I think they should. Exactly. I, there's there is no reason to bring him back before the 10-week mark. If this team cannot take care of business with games that they have left, then that's a whole nother story. All right, so now let's take a look at what the Titans are doing to kind of fill this role in the time being. And we mentioned it earlier. Um, they've signed Adrian Peterson – and Dante Foreman to the team. And I think this is definitely not a bad move. I mean, anything in comparison to Derrick Henry is going to look not great. But, I mean, they're doing what they can with what they have access to. Well, And there's other factors that go into that with not having Henry. I mean, let's face it. If you have Henry out there, 
stack boxes all the time. At least eight guys in the box. Right. Now uh, you have Peterson, Foreman, and McNichols. What's the chances that these guys are actually going to be facing a box with any more than seven in it? And really, you could even get it down less than that if you spread the guys out a little bit more. Spread, you know, put three wide receivers out there. Maybe put a tight end out wide. I mean, it. you can really spread it out and give them a more favorable box to run against. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I think that the Titans offense honestly needs to look different here. I mean, honestly, for one, I think that Jeremy McNichols needs to be the featured back in this situation with a little sprinkle of Adrian Peterson and not a lot of Dante Foreman. Well, I just to hit on that right quick, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think you will see Foreman and Peterson switching in and out on a lot of the early down stuff, and you will McNichols has his role secured up for sure on third downs and uh, passing situations for sure. And you know, not saying I wouldn't want to see him running the ball more, but this is definitely going to be a running back by committee. Definitely, I agree. And I could see the two more um bruising backs i guess you would call them or the guys who are going to get the tougher yards those two guys splitting the early down carries see and what i'm what i'm looking at here is i would like to see jeremy mcnichols obviously like you said he has that role of the third down back passing downs i would like to see then after that the early down work sort of split between the three and then so that sort of gives McNichols that he gets the third down work he gets his fair share of the early down work because I I mean I personally think that he's all I've always thought McNichols is great Darrington Evans if he was obviously still able to play I would have a different opinion about who should be the back but McNichols is great in my opinion I mean he's made a lot of great plays this season and I think he's more capable of a runner than what he gets credit for so well, we haven't necessarily seen that exactly that much, and I will say this: this coming week, he could be the more featured back, right? Just because he's been in the offense more, knows the system more, whereas these other guys are coming in now. I mean, you have Foreman who was with the team some last year, but either way, these guys are coming in this week because some things are going to be different with this year's team versus last year's. So it just depends on how quick they pick it up. So McNichols is more than likely going to be who we see more of, but the Peterson and uh, Foreman are definitely going to be sprinkled in there. I expect Peterson to get a lot of work, especially in situations where it's short yardage and also in the red zone. I think he well, is going to be key in the red zone. And – Definitely do not count Peterson out just because he's 36 years old. No, absolutely not. I Um, mean, you look back at his last three seasons. So going back to 2018, he was with the Washington football team. He had 251 carries for 1,042 yards and seven touchdowns. And I believe that Washington's uh, rushing rank at that time was um they were like yeah 17th 
in the league. And then you go to them the next season um, when Peterson was still with them. Their rushing offense was ranked 22nd in the league, and Peterson still put up 898 yards and five touchdowns. So both of those situations, he's averaging over four yards a carry. He's getting you touchdowns there. And then you look at the Lions, who he was with last year. And that was a true running back by committee. Yeah, He put up 604 yards on 156 rushes, had seven touchdowns, 3.9 yards per carry, so he was under the four. But their rushing offense was ranked, I believe it was 30th in the league. Now you bring him to the Titans offense, who the offensive line is going to be better than what Washington had, what Detroit had. Now you don't – they've been doing a pretty good job against stacked boxes when Henry was back there. You're not going to have those stacked boxes anymore that they're going against. This could really open things up for Peterson, Foreman, whoever's back there, like I mentioned earlier. But especially with Peterson, he's still got a lot left in the tank, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think that, I mean, he's had some rest here now. And you he's obviously been staying in shape or they wouldn't have took this chance on him. Uh, so, I mean, Peterson is just one of those guys that, like, he's had sustained success throughout his whole entire career and I expect him to be exactly that guy that he was for the for the Washington football team and for the Detroit Lions where I mean he is just that that veteran guy you know he is the Frank Gore that was playing until he's freaking 56 years old (laughs) and you can count on him to get three to four yards of carry and so that I mean as long as you don't over because he is 36 as long as you don't overwork him I mean, he's and, not. He can't take a Derrick Henry workload, and that's the thing. They're not going to ask him to do exactly. that. Exactly. We, we talked about this on Monday for sure. We didn't really talk much yesterday about it, but you know, you were more intrigued by them maybe going and seeing about Gurley, and I told you that I didn't like that because Gurley's knee issues, all of that, and I told you I said, look, they're bringing, they can bring Peterson in, and they're not asking him to be the guy to take on all of the workload that Derrick Henry was going to have. He's not going to be their bell cow back. It's going to be a running back by committee, and really you're going to get his best carries because you're not going to overwork him. You're going to be you know, switching these guys in and out, keeping his legs fresh, keeping Foreman's legs fresh, keeping McNichols you know, more fresh instead of running him in, down into the ground or overdoing his workload. So it's – I don't think the Titans offense is going to change that much. Not saying they won't end up throwing possibly more, but you could still see them running the ball as far as with the running backs 25 to 30 times a game. I think personally that – I don't think that their principles necessarily are going to change that much. I think that the look – might change a little bit because here's and and you mentioned earlier spread things out a little bit more I think that this is an opportunity that you can start now to throw 30 plus times a game and become that team that does pass a little bit more while continuing to set that up with the run a little bit which I I mean you I don't believe you have to establish the run for play action to work 
and we won't get into all of that. But I think that they could still utilize play action without necessarily having that. I mean, you have Adrian Peterson, who is obviously respected back in the NFL, but without having, you know, Derrick Henry in the backfield, I still think that you can make play action work. Um, I think that you'll see them utilize spreading things out more, getting into the shotgun, and really just throw the ball more often, get some of these receivers that we were talking about on Monday on the live stream more involved. Get Josh Reynolds more involved. Get Marcus Johnson more involved and really spread this ball out. Here's where those guys are going to have to step up because we're going to be going like the Rams. We haven't really talked about their team yet, but really if they wanted to, they could man our guys up. And aside from maybe AJ and if Julio plays, our other receivers haven't been getting the best separation. I mean, NWI's made some plays here and there, but these guys aren't getting the separation that we need from them to really open up the pass game just a whole lot more. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why when when I said spread, you know, spread guys out a little bit more, the main reason I said that was because it makes things easier on this running back by committee. Don't bring everyone in tight and make them have to run against a stack box. Just make make it easier on your offensive line and the running back. Well, I sort of disagree with where you're going here because I I don't think their focus should necessarily be on okay, what's going to make things easier for the running back by committee here? How can we still continue to be a run dominant, run focused team? Like I still think that that is important, but this needs to become a passing team and it needs to happen fairly quickly because they're capable of it. Ryan Tannehill is a good quarterback and when given the volume, he's probably one of the best statistically in the NFL. Well, and, and then you you have yeah. Julio Jones, you have AJ Brown, you ha- I mean these are two of the best wide receivers in the NFL. If Julio is back for this next game, I know that I said that you shouldn't be upset if you lose, but if Julio's back, they do have a real chance at winning. But that's going to be the key factor. When is Julio going to be back? Because as I mentioned, Going up against this Rams team, if Julio's not back, you know who Ramsey's going on. Even if Julio is back, I think Ramsey's going on AJ. And then Julio he, has a huge, but huge day. If Julio is not there, you have Ramsey on AJ. You bring a safety over just in case. I have not seen enough, and I know Titan Upload and Rossi have both mentioned this too. We just haven't seen enough from our other receivers to trust that they're going to get separation. So you can't come out in this game where you're going to have Aaron Donald coming after Tannehill, who now you're going to have Von Miller coming after Tannehill. You can't go into this game just thinking you're going to throw lights out unless Julio's back. If Julio's back, it gets a little bit easier. But if Julio is not back, you need to focus on this run game and keep Tannehill from getting killed back there I, in the pocket. I, I disagree 100%. I do well, not agree at all. And and listen, I think that like, like there's a real chance, if they can have success passing the ball, there's a real chance that they can stick with the Rams in this game. Okay, now, granted, and I'm going to continue, I'm going to continue saying this, I'm going to continue reiterating this, like odds are you're going to lose. So here's the thing. This is your opportunity. So basically you're telling me where your score prediction is going. This is your opportunity to go out and try 
to establish the fact and honestly get it in your own mind because I don't think that the Titans coaches believe that they can win by being a 30 to 40 pass attempt team. Like they think we must run the ball or else we're going to lose. And then that has, like, I just feel like there is so much talent, even with just A.J. Brown as the number one wide receiver. And then you bring that back with Marcus Johnson and Josh Reynolds. Like, I believe that you need to try to establish this team as a passing team because three average running backs don't make a Derrick Henry. You can't throw that together in a running back by committee and expect to still run the ball with the same success. I'm not saying that three running backs make Derrick Henry. Definitely don't get that confused here. But you, again, you have to think of the well-being of your team. And again, I I don't think you can run a crippled version of the same offense and expect to have success. Well, here's what I – the key point you're missing out on is I said, if Julio is not back. Still throw it. Still throw the ball. AJ is very good. But he can't – whenever he is the only one making plays – He doesn't have to be. He doesn't have to be. If he's the only one that can get separation, he's going to be. And where does does that necessarily come from the fact that the receivers are the receivers are not bad? Josh Reynolds had success in Los Angeles. He is not a bad receiver. Marcus Johnson is not a bad receiver. We've seen what he can be in training camp. The coaches have given him praise. Okay, are these receivers had, not getting involved because of the fact that they're not good, or are they not getting involved because of the fact that the pass game is neglected by no, these coaches? No, they're not getting open. If they were getting open, we passed the ball enough they could get targets. But if the right but, plays are called, they should be getting If Josh Reynolds is no, getting open in L.A., he should be getting open in Tennessee. he's with not. Julio and A.J. He, that Julio's not out there right he, now. He ha- so he hasn't played any games at all with he, A.J. out there he as well. Has, he has so the third some. receiver should be getting open. If you have those two guys, your third receiver should be open. But they haven't been getting open. That's the thing. Is that their fault or is that yes, the fault it's, of yes, it's this their team? Fault. Is that the fault of this team that wants to run the ball 30 million times no, and then throw it, a shitty pass play no, in it, it's, that – only it's works on, if your if your receiver is like one of the top fifteen in the no, NFL. No, it's on the receivers. Your professional receivers. I think some of the can. Titans' pass play calls are some of the worst in the NFL. Okay, me and you can go back and forth on this all I, day. We have different philosophies on where how things need to be approached. Todd Downing was just starting to hit his stride really and get things going. Now you're wanting him to turn around and just completely revamp his game plan that is not going to bode well going forward if you try to completely change your identity I think that this team is capable of passing and I think that they should pass Ryan you can't continue to like I just don't and I'm trying to think of the right way to word this but you can't continue on with this philosophy that you have to you have to be able to run the ball and you have to be able to establish this to be able to win games. Because the fact of the matter is if you truly believe that Ryan Tannehill is a top whatever number quarterback in the NFL, and if you truly believe that AJ Brown is a good receiver, there are teams in the NFL that are using that exact formula of winning with a good quarterback and a good wide receiver with some in, in the case of Julio, another good wide receiver right behind him. But in some cases, just decent 
from there. And their run games are not that great, but they're winning games because they can pass and they can do it effectively with their good quarterback. If you continue with this mindset of we're not going to be able to pass the ball because we haven't in the past, like the talent is there. But this team has always leaned so much on Derrick Henry. You can't do that when he's not there because the talent is not there. Okay. Adrian Peterson is an average back. He's not going to – I mean, listen, he's going to be – he's going to be good enough to have a run game. He's not going to be what Derrick Henry has been at times where it's 200 yards in a game, and it doesn't matter how you pass. He's going to be a good complement to a good passing offense. Okay. So, first off, because I I heard what you threw out there about Tannehill, I do want to say – do I think Tannehill can still have success and run this offense even if they did start passing more? Yes, I do think they can. A lot of my concern comes back to when is Julio actually going to be out there more? I don't think it matters. But it does. I'm telling you, it does. That makes all the difference in the world. It doesn't have to. And the reason I'm saying you still have to stick with the run some, you can't just spread – this Titans offense out and throw it 50 times a so game. So you're saying that listen, they can't throw listen, 40 times well, and listen, run 20 times listen, and play listen, a great game. Listen to my point here. The defense, every defense now knows you don't have that beast in the backfield anymore. They are going to be dropping back in zones more. This is how you start setting things up and why I'm still hitting on you. You still have to get that run game going somewhat. When you face teams like the Rams. I didn't say don't run at all. But you're saying just switch to more passing. and Yes, you should pass I, more still, than what I, you did I when Derrick Henry think, was on the team. I still think or when Derrick Henry was, there is a sorry, good when Derrick ba- Henry was healthy. There is a, still a perfect balance you can find there some way. Not saying it has to be 50-50, but you have to find a way to slow this pass rush down some because this Titans offensive line has been better at run blocking than they have pass blocking. Look at how many times Tannehill has been hit. He almost got put out of the Colts game because of the hit Buckner had on him. It hurt his neck. He was stiff when he was leaving the podium. So if you drop him back more times, more times, more times, you are taking a risk of him being hurt, and then we have Logan Woodside coming in trying to run this offense. That's why I'm saying you take this run game and you have to keep it going some even if it is by this committee. I'm not saying you can't pass more, but for this Rams game... Then why are you disagreeing with me? Because I said throw it 30-plus, close to 40 maybe times, and have just a reduction in the run you, game. The way you worded it was completely changed the outlook of this offense. Yes, yes, because that's, when you that's why, when you throw the ball more and you're not running as much, you're changing the outlook of this uh, offense. Okay. You are... Look, we are a... Instead of we are a run-first team that will pass, we are a pass-first team now that will run the ball. Okay, we can go back and forth on this we for absolutely hours on could. We absolutely But it, could. it's not going to get us anywhere, and I'm sure our viewers are going to get tired of us going back and forth eventually. So I do want to get your thoughts on Von Miller now being a part of the Rams. I mean, this just this makes their team, I mean, honestly, even better. You mentioned it to me that, the Rams are playing for that win-now mentality. They're throwing draft picks around like crazy. After a couple years, they're not going to be able to build up this team worth shit, because, in my opinion and even in your opinion. But your initial thoughts of him going and knowing he will play 
against the Titans on Sunday night football. Yeah, so this is not the dynasty mindset. Like, they want to win this year. They want to win next year. Five years from now, how what does that look like when Matthew Stafford is, if he's still playing, he's old and not as effective as he is this season and likely will be next season. Um, Von Miller is the perfect candidate for that win now type of mindset. Like, he is a great player that's going to be able to come in. He's a veteran. He can plug in immediately and make an impact. I think he will make an impact on Sunday night, and he will for the rest of the season. So, I mean, here's the thing. Like, Von Miller, Aaron Donald, this is a scary front line for this defense. I mean, it is not a good thing to have to go up against. Especially for quarterbacks who need to pass more. Well, I mean, listen, (laughs) here's the thing. If you have plays where Ryan Tannehill, this is going to be my key to the game, and I'm throwing it out there early. No, 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 no. You save that. We have our segment for a reason. Well, this fits perfectly into this scenario right just You can reference Okay, well, I'll have a a different key to the game. But Um, talking about the Rams. Ryan Tannehill does not have to hold the ball for five seconds on a play-action play where he rolls out and the receivers are taking – five, six seconds for things to develop, which is not always the case. But sometimes there, there is that. So if the receivers are taking five to six seconds, what you're saying because is they of, can't, Because they of can't the play get, calling. They can't because of separation. the play calling. There needs to be where, – where is this other than like third and five when we just need to get a first down? Where is this shotgun play where things are spread out and we're getting quick passes – to get our playmakers in open field, just a you know five to six, three to four yards down the field, and they have an opportunity to make the play with the ball from there. And Ryan Tannehill doesn't even get close to getting sacked because the ball's out of his hands in two to three seconds. <laughs> Where is it? And now you see why I'm saying that they don't put him in situations where it's even like that's not a pass-first mindset. All right, I want to say right quick, if you made it to this point in the podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, go down and give us your thoughts on this because obviously we aren't going to agree. Everyone is going to have different opinions on this. But with the Rams making the move to get Von Miller... Last thing, this is my case. You have to not abandon the run, but you can't run 30 to 35 times like you did with Derrick Henry. That number has to be somewhere around 20 to 22, 23-ish with... 30-plus pass attempts into the 35 and up range for Ryan Tannehill. Okay, so see, you weren't throwing that vibe out there. I wasn't saying run 30 to 35 times. I had them, I think they're going to be in that 25 to 30 times, which means they will pass a little bit more. But the way you were throwing everything out there, I felt like you were saying, oh, well, if you run more than you know 18 to 20 times in a game, you're being stupid right now. That's the vibe that I was feeling being put out. But we got to get back on track because we're already 40 minutes into this episode, haven't hit a single one of our other segments yet. And as I was going to say, the Rams making this move for Von Miller and the way that they've been playing, this kind of plays into a bet you've had put in before the season. Now you just need the Titans really to make the playoffs and hopefully hold up to their end because I am going to say I think the Rams will end up making the Super Bowl. So, but talking about these bets, that's going to lead us into our best bets segment presented by DraftKings. 
Yeah, and DraftKings, I mean, there's a great opportunity, just like there has been the past, what, two weeks has this been? Week something and a half, like something like that, to make some money. Yeah, it would have been two weeks because we've already picked two weeks worth of games. And if you would have followed along with us, you would have made some money. Uh, Although the Bills game would have made you question. You're going to have another opportunity here. And all you have to do is use promo code TPPN on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. If they do, you win $200 in free bets. If the sportsbook's not available in your state, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Once again, all you have to do is use promo code TPPN. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply, see DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And for all new customers to DraftKings, use that code. And we've been throwing out some teams, as Tanner mentioned the past couple of weeks, that we thought would get you that free money, essentially. And again, we do want to put this out at the start of this. This is not betting advice, but it is what we would be putting our money on. Tanner, I went first... Uh, last week and throughout my what I thought would be a lock you can go ahead and go first this week um yeah so there are a couple opportunities this week for you to make some money and I'm gonna go with the Buffalo Bills over the Jacksonville Jaguars I think that's a I mean they're favored by 14 and a half points they're just odds are they're gonna win this game all right that was a game that I was looking at as well that I thought would be pretty much a lock and now, looking on down through here, um, I'm going to throw a different one out at you. And I'm going to say the Chiefs are a lock over the Packers because as of today, we know, not going to dive into it too much, Aaron Rodgers is not going to be playing this game for the Packers. So I think that's going to end up pretty much just locking this one up for the Chiefs, even though they have not been playing their best ball. I I think they will get a win against the Packers. Okay, so now let's move into our best bets uh, for this game. The general betting information, Rams are favored by 7.5 points. The total is set at 54. I'm going to go ahead. I will, first of all. And this is as of of Wednesday. As of Wednesday, so things could definitely change. Um, but it's got the Derrick Henry news factored in. It's got the Von Miller news factored in. So I feel like it's a fair line at this point. Um, and I, I see you glancing over at my bets here. Yeah, because I um, see that we wrote. And this is why I write four down, because I see that you actually made your way around and found one of the ones that I found and actually looks like maybe a couple of them. Yeah, so it looks like we do have two of the same. So. Um, just, I am four, uh, out of 12 currently, which is not great. You are six out of 12. Yep. So I do still, do still have a chance to catch up with you. I have over 54. I think it'll be a high scoring game, you know, considering the fact that they're going to pass the ball more, 
And the longest field goal made between the Rams and the Titans, I'm going with the Titans for plus 110. I see what you did there. Before I could throw one out, you wanted to make sure you got both of yours in. But I would have actually been nice and not uh, took that from you. Since I seen it was you only had two wrote down. <laughs> I mean, you're going to have to start coming more prepared. Uh, well, hey, listen, but, I know that if I only have two <clears throat> and you have multiple, then I'll get the two I wrote down. <laughs> So the first one that I'm going to go with, as crazy as it may sound, as of right now, you mentioned the Rams are favored by seven and a half points. The Titans just have something about them when their back's against the wall. People think they have no chance in a game, this and that. They find a way to be around in that game, make the game close, or even win the game. So I'm going to go with the Titans covering the spread of seven and a half. And the other bet that I'm going to Road underdogs often cover, especially when the public is very high on the other team, road underdogs often cover the spread more often than not. Well, and I do want to throw this out there. The Rams and the Lions had a close game a couple weeks ago when they played. So this Titans team is better than that Lions team. So I I just I felt good going with that bet of the Titans covering the seven and a half spread. The other thing, as you mentioned, I think this is going to be a high scoring game. I could see the Titans scoring three touchdowns. So go with the Titans over two and a half touchdowns. I I like that pick. I like the Titans pick as well. I'm nervous to see how they will start off the game. That's going to be. A key, really, is how they how they start the game. If they can start it off hot, then they have a very good chance of covering, for sure. I agree. Which is going to quickly lead us into our next segment that we typically do on the podcast. With us doing this episode a day earlier than normal and all the Derrick Henry news, the stat chat for this week is that this is the first week that there has not been a stat chat. So there's your stat for this week. Um, because there was just so much Derrick Henry information that uh, I really did want to look at this team and see what I felt like they should do, which obviously what does my opinion mean? Not really a whole lot. It's not like I'm an NFL coach or analyst or anything like that. But I, I wanted to really get a good idea of what I felt like their next moves should be. Um. And I do agree that this is the time, I agree with myself from earlier, basically, (laughs) this is the time that Ryan Tannehill should be really put to the test. Well, and I'm going to say this. I'm not saying Julio has to come back for this game because we talked about it. This game, yes, it would be nice to win it, but it's not not really a must-win game. Right, and that's why... It would definitely be the most Titan thing ever to... To win it. To win it. But not saying that they have to. So if they want to keep Julio out another week and just really have him down the stretch where it's going to matter more, I'm okay with that. If he does come back, even better. I I like their chances more. But we can see, looking back at the last two games, just the impact Henry has on a game when he's on the field. Yeah. Because even if he is not gashing the defenses – for a lot of yards or touchdowns, they just they come to him on that play action even more. 
and they want to make sure that he's not going to be the one to hurt them. And that opens up the rest of the offense so much. Um, I know you have a couple other things that you're wanting to hit on right quick, or are you ready to hop into our quick I basically hitters? just wanted to say before we get into the quick hitters that the, the fact that you don't necessarily have to win this game, and this is a good defense, I just think it's a perfect opportunity to really see what those backup receivers are made of. Give them the volume, give them the opportunity. And I think that's where my theory lies that they should have a very high volume passing game. And honestly, I think the game script is going to lean into that. And and look, after sitting here thinking about it more, again, my biggest concern with that is the health of Ryan Tannehill. That's that's a good point because you do – I mean, you've got Aaron Donald – You've got Von Miller, but I, I really think that they can make use of quick, short passes, but I quick ask, hitters, if you I, will. I, I want to ask you this, just hitting on this a little bit more. If something were to happen to Ryan Tannehill, you know Henry's out the rest of the year. If something happens to Tannehill, would you really trust Logan Woodside being able to Finish out the season and lock things up for us. I think you can't be scared of an injury to because if well, you're scared uh, of uh, an uh, injury to your quarterback and that keeps you from passing the ball, I think that you are just handicapping yourself there. Well, and but if if Tannehill goes down, I think you pack things up and try to move up in the draft. To be honest, so it as long as it's just, not too late in the season at that point. Just something I wanted to throw out there again. Injury can happen at any point. We hope that it doesn't because no matter what team it's for, it's it's not something you want to see. Um, but just want to throw that out there because, again, I hitting on your wanting them to pass more, you, you could be taking a risk this game with the pass rush that the Rams have and with how many sacks the Titans have given up. But now we can actually transition into our quick hitters segment and – of course, starting it off, we're going to have our TTP fan takes. So this is where they give their bold predictions and score predictions. So we'll start it off with my amazing wife, Carrie. She actually, it was funny, she asked me this earlier. She said, are you going to be upset if I pick the Rams to win this game? I said, no, I'm not going to be upset. I said, going back to before the season when we seen the schedule come out, I picked the Rams to win this game. And obviously when we're in the season, I do change stuff up because I want the Titans to win. But I said, this could very well be a game they lose. She gave a score prediction of 30-20 to with the Rams winning. Her bold prediction is that the, I think Stafford's been sacked seven times. Bold prediction, defense gets two sacks on Stafford and hold him to no more you know, basically, so two two hundred and seventy five yards or less okay. passing. Then, friend of the show, Jacob, he gave a score prediction. He has the Rams absolutely destroying the Titans. He said fifty one twenty four, Rams winning. His bold prediction is that Tannehill throws three interceptions, and one of those interceptions is a pick six. Spencer. Gave a score prediction of 27-21, Titans winning. And his bold prediction is that Adrian Peterson goes for 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Jules gave a score prediction of 17-14, Titans. 
just going to say, definitely do not see this game being that low scoring. Uh, I mean, listen, <laughs> she really is getting a bobblehead if she gets that right. Because, <laughs> but honestly, I mean, if they're going to run the ball as much as you say they are, I no, mean, that's completely feasible. No, no, no. I, I'm not saying they're running the ball that much. No. Nah. Uh, and then brother-in-law Thomas Peterson gave a score prediction of 31-24, Rams winning. Bold prediction, Peterson 83 yards, paired with Tannehill being sacked twice, one interception, three passing touchdowns, and 323 passing yards. Okay. So now we can hit on our keys to the game and then get into our score and bold predictions. Well, uh, I have don't be afraid of change. There's an opportunity to prove yourself as that you can be a passing team, not necessarily that you have to be a passing team. Because when Derrick Henry comes back, I would think if they've proven that they can be a passing team, they won't necessarily necessarily rely on him so much. I think that they'll use him in smarter situations rather than just using him in bulk and just volume, volume, volume. Um, but yeah, prove that you can be a passing team, prove it to yourself more than anyone else. Uh, use McNichols because I think he's going to be a valuable player down this stretch. All right. I, I figured that is where, uh, your thoughts were going to be considering how much you've hammered home the, uh, passing the ball more. And, you know, I was just wanting to look here to see how many times the Titans or how many times Tannehill has actually thrown, um, and, I mean, his lowest has been 22 attempts, and that was against the Jaguars. But other than that, he's probably averaging more in the mid-30s on his passing attempts. Um, my key to the game is going to be uh, con- containing Cooper Cup. That That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, I because think that's... <laughs> it, it's a tall task to ask any defense, not just the Titans defense, any defense. He's been going crazy this year. You have to find a way to slow him down. And really, it's just, no matter what receiver it is, Matthew Stafford back there slinging the ball is, he's hard to stop. And it just so happens that Cooper Cup seems to be the one at the end of a lot of his throws. Yeah, um... And, by the way, I think that I'm trying to think of a comparable game. Um, I know it wasn't a great game and that they were behind a little bit early, but the Seattle game where Tannehill threw 40 times um, with a completion percentage of 67.5, 347 yards. Like, he didn't throw any touchdowns because Derrick Henry was incredible. Okay. I I have a game that I can throw back at you to prove about our receivers not getting open, and then uh, after this we have to jump back to our both yeah, predictions. No, no score predictions. No Look at the game against the Jets. Right through forty nine times. Right in a loss. Okay. Of course, you were without AJ and without Julio, right. both of them. You will have AJ for. I think you game. have to have at least one of them. If you're if you're going to you lean did, on the pass, you've got to have at least one. That's a game where they threw the ball a lot. I agree. And that shows these other 
receivers maybe not doing that much. Maybe not in that scenario, but at the same time, you're still talking about a time at where they had Derrick Henry. And, I mean, my whole thing has not necessarily been about the receivers. It's been about the play call. So I, I just think I think needs things need more than more than the fact that I think there should be more passes. I think there should only be slightly a higher volume of passing. I just think that things the way that they're passing is used, the outlook should change on that. Well, and that's like we like I mentioned, there's gonna be this perfect balance you can find of this running back by committee working really well and keeping the run game going and also sprinkling in some more passes, but not to the point of where you're overdoing it and possibly having Tannehill take more shots. So I do want to find out what is your bold prediction going to be for this game and score prediction. Tannehill over 350 yards passing and Rams 34, Titans 30. All right. I can, uh, I can get behind that. Um, My bold prediction is going to be that AJ, even with Ramsey on him, still finds a way to get 120-plus receiving yards and a touchdown. Okay. And my score prediction, man, I've really bounced around with this so, so much. I, I have. But backs against the wall, I don't know what it is. This Titans team usually finds a way to pull one out of the hat. And how crazy would it be if they this tough four-game stretch that they've had when they've been underdogs in every game, if they finish it out with a win? I'm going to go Titans 35, Rams 33. And if they do it, in the fashion, and I'm completely, I'm completely willing to admit if Adrian Peterson has two touchdowns and you know 130 yards, like I'm completely willing to admit that they can continue doing exactly what they were doing and just do it with Adrian <laughs> Peterson. If they do it on 40 passing attempts from Ryan Hannahill, over 300 yards, three touchdowns, are you willing to admit that they can focus on passing the ball just with a little? It- Just change the outlook on the way that you do it a little bit. So here's what I will say. If they throw a lot more this game and Tannehill goes crazy, he doesn't just get killed back there in the pocket. I'm going to say they don't have to win for this to be the case. But if he goes crazy throwing the ball, has touchdowns sprinkled in there, and absolutely does not get demolished by the pass rush, I will... Change my mindset some back to you know, to find a middle ground between us of what we think this offense needs to probably look like going forward until Derrick Henry gets back. But like I said, I won't require like a win or anything from him on it, but if he can sling the ball around and not get killed, that's going to be the main thing is him not getting killed in the backfield. And let me say, I'm wrong – more often than I am right. But when I form my opinion, whether it be wrong or not, in hindsight, I'm very strong on it. From you the are. You, you stick to your guns. And 
I feel like I'm the same way. I'm not going to say I'm right all the time by any means. But we, we're we both strong-willed on our opinions. And, some, I mean, we're brothers. Whenever our opinions don't see eye-to-eye, especially when it comes to what we think our favorite football team should do, we're going to butt heads on that and go back and forth. And I don't, don't believe that we're necessarily going to see an answer 100% to how they're going to do things in just this one game. And another thing I'm going to throw out, every game's different. Exactly. For the game plan you need to carry in. And that's why I guess I felt so strong about my opinion with this game is when you're facing this Rams defense, you already have Tannehill who's a little banged up. Why risk even more by having him throw 50 times, possibly taking more hits and something possibly happen? I know you can't play scared but you can play smart i agree so and i think the situation just whatever it calls for if you go up against a houston team or a jaguars team who run whose run defense sucks yeah you run the ball down their throat that's true but you know that that's where maybe we find our middle ground is each week looking at who they're playing and okay this is more their weakness maybe this is what the titans need to focus more on right so do you have anything else for this episode i don't believe so just you know, ready to see how this game goes, and hopefully it's not a massacre. Hey, it's prime time, so it's, it'll be fun to watch anyways. It whatever, will. Whatever happens. T.A. will be there at that game, repping the Titans. You know he's going to be screaming his head off, so have fun at that game, T.A. Hopefully we can, you'll be able to see a Titans win. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks for listening. This has been Titans Time, and as always, tighten up.